new music show, the last and final edition and also the first one for this term. Thank you for listening. Up next is Grey Matters. Stay tuned. Smiling gasoline station, J.A. Virgin, 57 and Western, Los Angeles, a free services. Constant two layers, Alberta D. George, mission phone, into back, bigger, suit, Back. In charge of it, keep, pan, beacon, measure Helen in tablespoons, chop, celery, salt, and tablespoons of professional men and women. Adding the tomato water. Oh, hello, special lady. I think it's time for a little one-on-one conversation. Talking about my baby, baby. Uh, not you, baby. Our baby, baby. And recent scientific studies on lactation. Lady, gotta get down to business. Gonna turn the lights down for a slideshow on childhood disease resistance. Wonderful woman, if you do breastfeed, a little baby will be at less risk for respiratory illnesses. Hey, I'm just talking about breastfeeding. Educate your sweet self at 800 994 Woman or 4 Woman.gov or talk to your healthcare provider. Babies were born to be breastfed exclusively for six months. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Ad Council, and this station. Baby. Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And, uh, ah, no sports show tonight, but I'll give out a quick brain damage award to Michigan's coach, John Beeline. I don't get it. How can your best player be on the bench during an overtime game uh, in a must-win situation? Maybe he said something in the huddle, but <laughs> my goodness, let it go. Work on that problem after the game. Uh, whatever. Anyway, more important things. We wish uh, the Wolverines luck down the stretch. I don't know if they're going to make it with yesterday's loss into the NCAA tournament. But the NIT beckons. Ah, yes. Uh, March Madness and America's fascination with uh, gambling pools on college basketball uh, will perhaps uh, shake off some of the economic blahs. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a boost, by the way, for uh, Southeast Michigan because the Final Four is actually going to be in Detroit. Oh. Ford Field. So uh, should be kind of interesting. Yeah, well, that is a good break for Detroit. Who, uh, Seems like the, uh, the, you know, the real race is, is wide open. Uh, obviously, there's a few teams that are most likely to be in the so-called Final Four. I'd... Uh, Look for Pittsburgh, Louisville, North Carolina, and some of the other usual suspects. 
Anyway, obviously uh, more horrible economic news, all sorts of doubts about what's going on. A brain damage award to uh, Republican governors from southern states, apparently some of them thinking of running for president in 2012, turning down money because they don't want to, quote, burden their states with uh, unemployment uh, obligations in the future. This makes no sense. So uh, Bobby Jindal, Sarah Palin, Rick Perry, Haley Barber. And uh, I'm a little unclear about the governor of South Carolina, but it's peculiar that some of the poorest states in the union are, I guess, turning their nose up at the stimulus money to help out unemployed people. It's just downright bizarre. Yeah, I suppose uh, putting the, at least the appearances of one's ideological, you know, checklist uh, above the actual interests of the citizens uh, whom you purport to represent, that is bizarre. And the governor of South Carolina, I believe his name is Sanford, he, uh, not to be confused with uh, the cricketer, Sir Stanford, I forget his first name, but we've got another major fraud scandal on our hands uh, involving billions of dollars, another Texas big shot spending money and partying like it's 1999, uh, but apparently not really uh, investing uh, money properly. And uh, it's now been revealed, by the way, that Bernie Madoff apparently bought no stocks for the last 13 years. Which, ironically, uh, may have actually been a good move on his part. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the... Uh, <laughs> that one of the few good moves that uh, can be associated with him. Of course, it was a Ponzi scheme. He right. was taking in money uh, from, quote, new investors to pay off old investors. But, uh, yeah, today the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Standard & Poor's uh, reached the the low since uh, the 11th of April of 1997. So this gives you an, an idea of how the hemorrhaging continues. Bizarrely, the uh, two sort of subgroups that went up today were the banks and the airline industry, uh, both uh, very troubled industries indeed. And when you uh, read, for instance, uh, in uh, Frank Rich's... Uh, I think a very interesting Sunday, the February 22nd column in the New York Times, when he quotes uh, regarding this whole issue of the banks being too big to fail, he writes, Will Obama concede aloud that some of our, quote, too big to fail banks have in essence already failed? If so, what will he do about it? What will be the cost? And most important, who will pay? No one knows the sum of the Americans' banks' losses, but the economist Nouriel Roubani, who has gotten much right about this crash, puts it at $1.8 trillion. And, uh, of course, we're, we're treated to reports today that the Obama administration is contemplating stress tests on our big banks and Paul Krugman, who I think has been on the mark for most of the uh, economic crisis, recent winner of the uh, Economic Nobel Prize, who argues that this stimulus package that was passed and signed last week is actually inadequate. It's too small. 
Um, and he's got a pretty interesting column today about the issue of nationalization. The stress test, by the way, is essentially oh. a... It's it's basically a game plan where you figure out how, you know, the sort of worst case scenario, yeah. how bad will things get. And he talks about the zombie, the zombiehood of the banks uh, and that they need more capital. Uh, he writes that there's a reasonable chance, not a certainty, that Citi and Bank of America together will oh. lose hundreds of billions of dollars over the next few years and that their capital... The excess of their assets over their liabilities isn't remotely large enough to cover those potential losses. Interestingly, Citi and Bank of America were two of the uh, largest uh, recipients of TARP money, and uh, in some cases were f uh, during the waning days of the Bush administration when uh, they were sort of planning things in an ad hoc fashion, uh, were forced to buy other troubled banks uh, in the system, and I did check that number again on the FDIC amount of money. Talked a little bit about this last week. The FDIC, as of last September, um, had something like $45 billion. So when you have a huge bank like Washington Mutual, for instance, that there was a run on Washington Mutual in September, and they were uh, the FDIC came in and forced a sale uh, to one of the bigger Wall Street banks, uh, Washington Mutual had approximately $307 billion of, quote, assets with about $200 billion of deposits. The FDIC can't insure that money. Yeah. And that gives you a, a serious idea of where this country is at. We've got serious problems on a number of fronts. I think considering that Obama's only been in office for one month, he's, uh, he's got many pots on the, on the stove and the water's boiling over in, in all departments. But when he comes back today and talks about uh, long-term um, deficit reduction, uh, and of course the big news regarding that is that he is uh, hereby canceling the Bush tax cuts. Um, We'll see how that works out. But there are lots of boiling pots on the stove. And uh, Krugman is probably right uh, that the, there probably is a temporary need for nationalization, as he put it. Well, even some of the uh, Republican senators are starting to uh, realize that. Lindsey Graham, for one, is uh, sort of edging that way. Um, one wonders about what the uh, Republican agenda is going to be here, because <clears throat> if they continue, as these southern uh, governors have uh, rejected uh, funds for uh, those who've lost jobs and so forth, um, to what extent will uh, Republican uh, members of Congress be looking at their personal ideologies or the likelihood of being... Uh, voted out of office in another year and a half. Yeah, because Republican governors from big states have welcomed the stimulus package to the extent that it is a stimulus package. Obviously, when you see what's been going on in California with the budget uh, crisis there and the Terminator um, actually defended the stimulus package, as did the governor of, Cal of uh, Florida. Now, these are, of course, states that Obama won. Right. And um, they need help. 
uh, this is, you know, Southern California and Florida are faring as poorly as Michigan is in, in terms of the uh, the savings, uh, the banking crisis, the foreclosure crisis, uh, the loss of jobs, etc. And, and that's pretty remarkable in its own right because the economies are so different yeah. uh, between those states. So it just shows you how uh, broad uh, the economic setback uh, really is. And, of course, this foreclosure decimated boom development of the Sun Belt, as uh, Frank Rich puts it so well in his uh, column yesterday, was quoting a uh, financial an- analyst, uh, Nicole Jelinas, at the uh, conservative Manhattan Institute. And he writes, when we spoke last week, she talked of would-be bankers who, upon graduation quote, plan to travel in Asia and teach English for a year and then pick up where they left off. Such graduates are dreaming, Jelena says, because the -the over-the-top Wall Street money culture of the credit bubble isn't coming back for a very long time, if ever. As she observes, it took decades after the Great Depression until the 1980s for Wall Street to fully reclaim its old swagger. Not until then was uh, there a, quote, new group of people without massive psychological scarring from the 1929 crash. In states like Nevada, Florida, and Arizona, Jelena sees, quote, huge neighborhoods that will become ghettos as their populations lose or abandon their homes with the attendant collapse of public services and social order. It will be like after Katrina, she says, but it's no longer just the lower Ninth Ward's problem. Writing in the current edition of The Atlantic, the urban theorist Richard Florida suggests we could be seeing, quote, the end of a whole way of life, the link between the American dream and home ownership fostered by years of bipartisan public policy may be irreparably broken. And uh, indeed. Uh, yeah, of course, April is when uh, <clears throat> most of the big institutions, corporations and banks and so forth are going to publish first quarter results. And according to uh, Edward Luce in uh, writing in the Financial Times, <clears throat> he says that if Treasury uh, stress tests have not yet revealed the true state of balance sheets, first quarter results might do so. And he quotes uh, Chris Whalen, co-founder of a group called Institutional Risk Analytics, who uh, says the first week in April is when the children's party is over. That's when the obvious will become apparent. <clears throat> What's amusing about that last statement, of course, is that the apparent and the obvious should be synonymous. And in fact, uh, for the last uh, eight years of the two deeply flawed uh, and uh, ideologically troubled Bush administrations, the obvious was apparent all along. I mean, it was very clear that that was an irresponsible uh, approach to both foreign policy, military spending, uh, taxation, and so forth at home. And as things continue to get worse and worse, you know, what good will it do to look backwards and and try to investigate or prosecute uh, those responsible? Uh, But I think that we will hear louder and louder cries for... How did this get so bad? You know, for those uh, born uh, in the uh, late '50s, early '60s, like you and I, uh, that was the peak of American power, and we've seen America dwindle uh, pretty steadily, yeah, ever since. Uh, again, except for the last eight years, when we've plummeted. 
Well, and I think that 1973 is is always for me the the telltale year because it's when we essentially negotiated defeat in Vietnam, right? Courtesy of the Richard, notwithstanding you know the escalation of the Vietnam War by Richard Nixon as he uh, pursued a policy of Vietnamization and, of course, invaded Cambodia, illegally escalating the war. And most of the seriously heavy, while there was certainly heavy bombing uh, during the Johnson administration, um, you know, some of the bombing that Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger were involved in was just startling. Yeah. But, of course, 73 was the beginning of our involvement, uh, unfortunately, in the Yom Kippur War, which led to the oil embargo. That was the wake-up call that America ignored. Um, There has been a very interesting discussion this past week about Obama's, um, shall we say, uh, unoptimistic rhetoric. Hmm. Um, We're hearing some complaints. We're hearing some whispering that Obama needs to be, quote, more positive and more optimistic. People are saying he needs to be more like Reagan. Well, Reagan, of course, was... <laughs> Lied through that happy smile for yeah. uh, much of the time. He was a very optimistic person. Uh, He'd led a dream life himself and really was out of lunch, out, out of touch or out to lunch or... Both. Off his rocker yeah. for a good chunk of his presidency, ignoring the problems. Um, Morning in America, which, of course, was the campaign slogan uh, that he used to... Uh, run for re-election, sort of glossed over the fact that the 81-82 recession um, that took place while he was president was, at that point, heretofore, had been the worst economic uh, crisis since the Great Depression in in many ways. And indeed, unemployment, by the way, which is uh, predicted now to go up over 9%, uh, and with it, the sort of corresponding continuing housing foreclosure problem related to job losses some of these job losses, and by the way, are, are what I would call structural problems with the American economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, indeed, they're not coming back any more than the investment bank is coming back. It's history. And it's interesting to me that the, the, the three regions of the world that have money, have capital, are Japan, China, and the Arab Gulf states. They are the white knights that can bail us out, but there are palpable and historical reasons why they won't um oh dear oh dear here's where chickens come home to roost chickens come home to roost the uh, foreign policy and you know the arab world despite uh going through a boom uh, in recent years now has its own pro- problems yeah. with real estate and uh a-, a false bubble and false optimism we we heard a lot about uh, how dubai and the united arab emirates were turning into uh, financial ca- uh, capitals of the world in recent years, and this has uh, come crashing down in these places. Um, by the way, um, I wanted to mention that Juan Cole gave an absolutely outstanding uh, talk at Rackham this past uh, Wednesday. Hmm. Um, his talk uh, entitled Collective Action in American Iraq subtitled can the people thwart empire is a was i thought a brilliant analysis for why the invasion of iraq was dubious from day one and why the bush uh 
neoconservative administration types that thought they could remake the Middle East with this invasion mm. have fallen flat on their faces and that this quagmire uh, continues. We have, by the way, a front page story in today's Ann Arbor News about how 70 U.S. military advisors and technical specialists are secretly working in Pakistan to help its armed forces battle al-Qaeda and the Taliban in the country's lawless tribal areas. Um, this article by Eric Schmidt and Jane Perlez. And um, I have some criticism of the, of the New York Times on various um, fronts, but I think their coverage of the Afghanistan-Pakistan situation over the last several years has been second to none. They have a good take on what's really going on over there. And uh, this, of course, is how we initially got into Vietnam. It started out with the military advisors, quote, secretly, and, quote, technical specialists secretly working. Now, the, the report says uh, that there are only 70. Um, and the um, report is neither negative nor positive. It basically notes that intelligence sharing has been, uh, has really improved in the last uh, several months, according to Talat Massoud, a retired Army general and military analyst. Quote, both <coughs> sides realize it's in their common interests. They talk a little bit about how this uh, ground force will uh, replace um, the uh, sort of drone air attack uh, approach that was that we saw a little bit too much of last year, and of course this uh, these civilian casualties that have occurred, the so-called collateral damage, as the American media euphemistically puts it, um, has caused serious problems uh, for American Pakistani relations. Yeah, and on that note. Uh recent article by Jason uh, Straziuso uh, about these uh, U.S. airstrikes in Afghanistan. Uh, he notes that the U.S. military originally said that 15 militants were killed Tuesday in a coalition operation. Coalition, the term still loosely used, apparently, uh, in the Gozara district of Herat province. But Afghan officials said six women and two children were among the dead, casting doubt on the U.S. claim. Well, uh, an American general was uh, dispatched to try and uh, make this uh, investigation uh, work right and look proper. And the new finding is that the uh, total count was 13 civilians killed and only three militants. And that's <clears throat> pretty bad. Uh, the investigative team's trip uh, came one day after the U.N. released a report saying that 2,118 civilians died in the Afghan war last year, a 40% increase over 2007, and that uh, the U.S., NATO, and Afghan forces are responsible for 39% of the total dead civilians. So uh, we're not quite as bad as the uh, Taliban and various militants who uh, are given responsibility for 55% of the civilian deaths. So that's a losing battle there, uh, despite the fact that Gates has gone to Europe, uh, uh, Defense Secretary Gates, as uh, trying to round up uh, broader support for the campaign in Afghanistan. And uh, he's being met with uh, sort of shrugs. Uh, Europe's not really interested. And, and more than that, 
<clears throat> I'll read from an article by uh, Jan Gensky, uh, writing from Krakow in the Financial Times. The lackluster response to U.S. hopes for a more robust commitment from the Allies came as the parliament in Kyrgyzstan uh, voted overwhelmingly to evict the U.S. from a military base that is a crucial transit hub for its forces in Afghanistan. Now, I'm no great supporter of the bizarre network of uh, U.S. military bases around the world. We've got clearly too many of those, and we've got hundreds of thousands of guys in Korea and Germany, uh, and they've been there since World War II. Uh, these are expenses, uh, but this is a major uh, slap in the face for uh, the U.S. military to have this base closed down and to have the rest of NATO just say... Sorry. Yeah, well, I think that they're realizing that it's not going forward anytime, you know, with any speed. And indeed, there's open discussions now, even in Afghanistan, of uh, power sharing with the Taliban. That, yeah. That they're actually openly working on a, a ceasefire, which well, I think is the approach to, to take. Um, I, you know, sarcastically would observe that I think we could be in Afghanistan for a thousand years, but we'll never mold Afghanistan into some sort of Western democracy. Right. The whole idea is absurd. Yeah. And needless to say, and as far as the Kyrgyzstan situation, it's been widely reported that the Soviet Union directly was involved in that, quote, slap in the face because they gave Kyrgyzstan $2 billion in direct aid. No surprise. Now, where does America have this aid to give away to far-flung places like Kyrgyzstan, and if Barack Obama, who today announced that he's going to quote, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, look line by line as he analyzes how to uh, approach deficit reduction, um, I agree with him, by the way, that health care is the, quote, key to the fiscal future of the United States. There have to be some changes in that department, and you wonder on the one hand how he can be talking about deficit reduction on Monday and be signing a stimulus package just a week ago to deal with the obvious economic problems that he's inherited from the, uh, the, the you know, the 25 years of Reaganomics and Bushonomics in which income has trickled not downward but upward to the wealthy, that we have the worst uh, distribution of wealth uh, since the 1920s, and that these banking uh, crises in American history are nothing new. Um, Robert Schiller, by the way, a superb intellectual on this, and who's best known in the corporate world for uh, creating the so-called Schiller uh, Housing Index that talks a lot about um, housing prices. And as we've noted here, the housing prices, the, that crisis is only really going to be solved as, as prices continue to go back to equilibrium, which is down. Um, but in, in a very interesting uh, piece in Sunday's business section of the New York Times, he talks a great deal about the historical nature of the Great Depression um, as it relates to how people during the Depression saw it back then hmm. um, and these uh, f cycles that would uh, go from time to time. Um, he notes that early in the Great Depression, People were concerned, as one observer put it in 1931, that, quote, we may pass through a long period of mediocre business activity like that of the 1890s. He talks about the 1870s, you know, the famous panic of 1893 and the J.P. Morgan crisis of 1907. 
So we've had these things before, and as John Kenneth Galbraith, I think, astutely noted, uh, America goes through a serious banking crisis every 20 years. It's just that most people can't remember the last one mm. or didn't learn the lessons from the last one as the savings and loan debacle uh, during the 1980s under uh, Reagan's approach to deregulation created um, uh, and contributed heavily to the 1990 recession that George Bush's father had to deal with yeah. and hence his uh, loss of the presidency that year. Um very interesting stuff um, in this. And he, by the way, notes that the unemployment rate in 1982 uh, was uh, 11%, um, and we're not there yet. Now, the government has more approaches, but as we've, uh, as I've criticized the Federal Reserve uh, in recent uh, months, I think they fired their guns too soon cutting these interest rates because they have no monetary policy left as an option uh, in terms of stimulative effect. That's why the government does have to run these big deficits. And I'm in agreement with Krugman. I don't think they're big enough, and they're certainly not targeted enough, but that's how politics, unfortunately, works. David Obi wrote the House stimulus package for what it's worth, but this was whittled down by... Um, Specter, Snow, and uh, Collins and the uh, the Republicans in the Senate to come up with the compromise bill. And I think, as political observers have noted, there is bipartisan support for the stimulus package. The moderate Republicans, the Republican governors, statewide, various states have supported the basic mm -hmm. approach. It's these rabid uh, Southern <laughs> rebels... Let's remember that South Carolina is where the Civil War started, thanks to, uh, who's Good the guy's Fort name? Fort Sumter. Beauregard something or other who fired on Fort Sumter that led to the rebellion, right. the secession and all that stuff. Um, I'm all in favor, quite frankly, of just kicking the Confederacy out of the United States. <laughs> I think it would be better for everybody involved and we wouldn't have to listen to their to Rush Limbaugh uh, nonsense. And, of course, it's... Uh, Scary stuff when a publication owned by Rupert Murdoch uh, has a cartoon um, depicting a chimpanzee being shot by the police with a uh, caption regarding the stimulus package with the veiled inference that this was Obama. Yeah, Rupert that was... Murdoch, you know, that's pretty frightening stuff. Yeah. That was kind of a mind blower. Uh, how we went from this bizarre sort of you know small news item about some unfortunate incident with a foolish person who decided to keep a wild animal as a pet and no. resulted in a serious injury. Must have been watching that Catherine Hepburn movie with the leopard. <laughs> oh, that's a great classic film, of course. But uh, I love this that one movie. ended up yeah. with a monkey being shot by the cops, and that's twisted enough to begin with, and maybe even mildly amusing for the non-animal lover out there. But uh, to go from that to a political cartoon, uh, that's the sort of thing that uh, people lose jobs over or should. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just, uh, that's crossing a line. Crossing a line, and um, it's no surprise that it's a Rupert Murdoch publication right. uh, that's involved with something like that. They, of course, defended this outrage for several days and then realized that it was a losing battle well, we're... Uh... So we'll give them a brain damage award for <clears throat> everything involved with that uh, terrible uh, 
incident. Yeah, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City Calling will be starting uh, eventually, I guess, before the host arrives. We could always just start some music uh, down the hall at some point if need be. Uh, but 